Covering the Super Bowl can be exhausting, but in 2019, it's not just about writing for the other times. Arash Markazi went multimedia. You heard him on the podcast, you saw him on the videos, and yes, he was able to squeeze in a column during Super Bowl 53. We're going to talk with the other time's newest columnist about what it was like in Atlanta covering the Rams and Patriots. It's time for the Arrive Early Leave Late Podcast. I'm your host, Bethel Duran. It's Wednesday, February 6th. And I quote, I needed to sit in the crowd, even for a moment, during the Super Bowl. This wasn't the kind of game or moment for the city you could take in solely within the sterile confines of a press box. That was delayed by Arash Markazi after the Rams lost to the Patriots in Super Bowl 53. Why did you go into the crowd, Arash? You know, but I don't have this connection with the Rams like I do with the other teams in the city. You know, I grew up on the Showtime Lakers sitting in the colonnade section at the Forum. I grew up on the Dodgers from the top deck at Dodger Stadium. I'd go to USC games from the peristyle end of the Coliseum. I don't have that connection with the Rams. Georgia Frontieri really took that from me and so many fans who could have been fans when she moved the team. So I thought it was important to go sit in the crowd and be amongst the fans and really experience that moment there. And, you know, listen, I was hoping that it was going to be like an exciting victory for the Rams and I could experience that with those fans, but it didn't happen. But I just thought that that was important because there's this generational disconnect that this team has with this city. So when people wonder why are the Rams not as accepted, I think they will be, but it's just going to take some time. What was the crowd difference inside the Mercedes-Benz Stadium? Was it mostly Pats fans? Were there some Rams fans? What was it like? There were some Rams fans, but that's a good way to say it. I mean, it was 10 to 1. I mean, as I'm walking the concourse and as I'm going to the tailgates, I mean, it was way more Pats fans. And I get it. Listen, and I mentioned this in the column. I mean, it was $1,500 to buy a round-trip flight there. It was $2,500 just to walk into the door with a ticket. Hotels were $600, $700, some were $1,000 per night. So if you're a fan, first of all, it's hard to be a hardcore fan after a couple years. So you don't have that investment investment with the team. And so I think there are fans out there that would have loved to have gone to the game, but they simply could not. But it was a lot more Pats fans. And you heard it every time the Pats did something big. It was a huge ovation. Tom Brady talked about it after the game. He felt that it felt like a home game. So, but there were some fans there. And again, as I mentioned, I think it will take time if they have more seasons like this, and maybe not they have to go to the Super Bowl, but you know, they win 10, 12, 13 games. This will slowly but surely become a Ramstown. This is a team, give them a lot of credit for getting to where they're at quickly too, because I worked on the Rams radio broadcast the first season. I was a spotter for J.B. Long, young, talented broadcaster. I was really happy for him to be able to be on the radio call for the Rams radio broadcast. And I remember that first season and looking and like, man, the crowd is going down. That New Year's Eve day against the Niners, there was nobody there. And the two years later with McVay and Goff and the way they've turned around, I'm happy for their organization. Love to see success in the city of Los Angeles. But at the same time, I went to a Super Bowl party uh, here in L.A. and people were wearing Niners jerseys. A guy had a Falcons jersey because people around our age, we grew up with no football. Late 30s, mid 30s, young in their 20s. Frontieri and Al Davis took them away. They sucked when I was in junior high because they were trying to leave. So I don't have that connection. So I could see why fans are going to watch the Super Bowl no matter what. But at the same time, you're going to cheer for your city. But it's not like there's hardcore fans that were really going for it. And I, I, it just, as you mentioned in your column, it's going to take time. 
Yeah, and here's the thing that I'm going to say about that first year, and this is coming from someone who went to USC and teaches there. The Coliseum experience was not a good one. Nope. I remember that first game was sold out. There was 90,000 people there. There was lines out the door to use the restrooms. They didn't have any water. I mean, it was a depressing game to go to. And I talked to so many fans who said, listen, I want to support this team. I'm going to wait till they build that new stadium because this is not a fun place to go to see a game. So I think when I saw that that attendance that first season, first of all, they were four and 12. They were so bad. But I think the Coliseum has something to do with that. But as you mentioned, it is hard to be a hardcore fan when a team just shows up. And we have so many teams here and we have so many teams that we love. Like we love the Lakers. We love the Dodgers. We love the Kings. We love our college teams. I mean, just because a team showed up doesn't mean we're going to sell out the place for them. They have to prove themselves. And again, I think they are doing that. I think that Monday night game against the Chiefs at the Coliseum was huge and what they did for the city was huge. So again, I think more seasons like this and more experiences like this where you can be proud of the team and proud of the city, that's going to be great. It's going to take time, and nobody's saying it's not. We're not being delusional here, but you had a great line, and I saw this retreated by a bunch of people. Quote Arash Markazi here. It's like someone breaking up with you and showing up at your door 21 years later after you're married with two kids and a mortgage and expecting to pick things up where you left off. Where'd you come up with that? Well, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, people think just because they were here before that now that they're back, we have to like love them. And it's like, no, like things change, right? Like when they move, like I was a kid, I'm a grown man now. You're a grown man. You've moved I'm on. I'm a grown you, man. You, I'm you, 40. Right? So you have your teams. And so it's really hard to tell a fan base, listen, we know in those 21 years you picked the Packers, but don't be a Packers fan. Well, it's like, no, man, like I've been a Packers fan for 21 years, or I've been a Cowboys fan for 21 years. I mean, you you can't just show up to my door and think that things are going to be okay because they're not. Like, I've moved on with my life. And again, things are going to be okay in the long term. Why? Because these kids are going to grow up and they're going to go to these games and they're going to be Todd Gurley fans or Jared Goff fans, and they're going to be fans of the team. That takes time because that kid who's a kid right now, he can't pay for season tickets. So again, I'm not worried about this team here long term, but there's some expectation that Los Angeles has to support this team just because they showed up. That's ridiculous. Now, Arash, you and I were very active on social media. Arash Markazi, you have your own name, so you can follow him. I'm Durant Sports on Twitter. And I posted on my Instagram story at Bethel Vision that the headline. I do it every Monday. I always post the LA Times sports page. And the headline from the Rams, LA Times, was excellent. I wish I knew who came up with the headline. It said, Lambs, comma, not Rams. I thought it was very excellent. Well done. But there was a lot of people coming after me, you and I, about how they felt it was not in good taste that the LA Times was attacking the Rams. I'm like, wait a minute. They're not attacking it. First of all, newspapers aren't, aren't cheerleaders. Like, you're here to give you what's going on. The Lamb is a young Ram, and it looked like a young team that wasn't ready to play in the Super Bowl. Why do you think people got sensitive towards that headline? It's because of the connotation behind it. If you're a fan of a team against the Rams, if you're a San Francisco fan, you call them the Lambs. It's not the same, but it's like if you called the Cowboys the, the Cowgirls or if you called the Kings the Queens or whatever like that. It's the connotation behind the name. And so I think a lot of people misunderstood that the column, it was a headline for a column that Bill Plaschke wrote, was about how this team is a young team. And so it made sense 
but I also have sympathy. And I realize if you're a Rams fan picking up the paper following that loss and you see lambs, not Rams, especially lambs, which is, again, when, the, when you go up against the opposing team, that's what they call you. That's what they use to put you down. I get where they're coming from. But they have to realize that it had nothing to do with just a cheap shot. It was talking about them being a young team. So I've had to talk to some of the fans about that. I hope they realize what the intent was. But again, that Monday morning was going to be tough for them regardless because they had a chance to win that game. I watched that game again. I don't know why I put myself through that, but, but I watched the Jeez. game again. You know, it's 3-3. 11 minutes to go in the game and that holding call on that Todd Gurley first down. I mean, if that doesn't happen, the Rams at least take the lead. If it's six to three or 10 to three, and they really put themselves in a position to perhaps win that game. So I feel for the Rams fans. I know when they looked at the paper the next day and they saw that particular word, it definitely touched them and it um, hurt them. And so I, I, I know where they're coming from, but that was not the intent. Then if you would have continued, you would have saw the back page of the sports. Exactly. A full LA Times ad that said, thank you, Rams. Uh, very well done. Thank you for another trip to the big game. So I looked at it more of good. I'm glad people are getting upset about things. I'm glad they're, first of all, thanks for reading the LA Times and following our Instagrams. But also it shows that people do care. And that's where I want to lead this to that as much as people want to say LA is fair weather with their teams, it's not. There's a reason we were doing this podcast because it feels like we're defending ourselves all the time. But at the same time, look, we have higher standards. We do care about our teams. Fans are getting upset about headlines. It's good. I love that there's becoming that football passion in the city, which I didn't grow up with. Here's the thing. We hold our teams accountable, and we don't just blindly support them. There's this feeling that you just have to sell out a stadium just because the team's playing. That's ridiculous. In Los Angeles, you have to put That's out dumb, a though. good product. You and I have had this conversation before. Just because you're selling out doesn't mean you have a good product. Exactly. Here's the thing. If you sell out and you don't have a good product, where's the motivation for you to put out a good product? The Rams team that they put on the field this past season was done because you have to put that product on the field to succeed here. And so if they were in St. Louis, maybe they don't put together this type of team. But in Los Angeles, you have to. You have to go out and get a coach like a Sean McVay. You have to go out and get superstar players because if you don't, you're not going to draw fans. All right, all right. I got to slow you down, Arash. It's time now for a word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Clint Shaw from the Los Angeles Times, and we're excited to be teaming up with Chase at the 2019 Sundance Film Festival. With the Chase Sapphire Reserve Card, you earn three times points on travel and restaurants, near, far, and the places in between. So check out Sapphire Reserve from Chase. Credit cards are issued by Chase Bank, USANA. Accounts subject to credit approval. Restrictions and limitations apply. Copyright 2019, J.P. Morgan, Chase & Co. Now, in Atlanta, following your social media, the LA Times... By the way, shout out to the LA Times video department, Young Chung and Shotgun Spring. Oh, amazing Fantastic. job by them. Uh, I had so much fun with them. It started with you and Dylan Hernandez eating all the food that was going to be sold. <laughs> I thought you were on his health kick. What happened to you? Well, so if you watch the video, he, I didn't have the food. He had the food. And that was the reason that I, I had to loop him into this because that's usually my thing. That's usually my <laughs> thing to go out and like have all the food. But I said, listen, guys, I want to do this, but I can't right now. So Dylan, you're coming with me and you're having the food. I'm just going to explain the food and talk about the food, but you're going to try all the food. So he did that. And I think that was maybe maybe our most traffic story or clip or whatever. I mean, people love to watch him put um, hot dogs and hamburgers and chicken fingers in his mouth. 
People love to not hear Dylan Hernandez. Anyway, <laughs> we love Dylan. <laughs> Video with Danny Trejo, who Machete drove his truck, his taco truck to Atlanta. That was amazing. So he was passing out tacos on Saturday before the game. He had like this Rams jersey on, his Rams hat on. Uh, we talked about how he grew up loving the Rams. And it was really cool. I mean, the tacos were fantastic. He made it a taco specifically for Todd Gurley, a taco for number 99, Amir Donald, and one for Sean McVay. And they were all three delicious. I, I had a bite from each one. Now, I saw you get mad at Snoop Dogg. Well, so here's the thing. Snoop performed at the <laughs> pregame rally for the Rams. He's from Los Angeles. He had a Rams jacket on, a Rams hat on. He was representing Los Angeles. I got invited to the Patriots post-game party by a friend. It hurt to go there, but listen, the game is over, and I'm going to enjoy a drink with a friend. And then Snoop Dogg's there with a Tom Brady jersey celebrating that the Patriots won. I said, what the heck is going on here? But you do know that Snoop also performed at the Rams post-game party. I mean, he's performing everywhere. He performed at both. Go get that money. He performed at both. Go get that money. Get money. Go get that money. Get paid. Get paid. I love and, it. Uh, and, and exactly, Snoop is the, the guy who you want on your side anyways, right? Well, he's bandwagon everywhere. Well, that's the thing. I, I kept hearing, oh, but he's a Steelers fan, but he's a Raiders fan, but he's a, listen, I think he's a supporter. I mean, I used to see him at USC games, and the next thing I know, one day he's wearing a UCLA jersey. So listen, if you want to represent all the teams, <laughs> if you want to be like Drake, that's fine. <laughs> Arash <laughs> Markazi getting mad at Snoop Dogg for performing postgame. Okay, I also saw this. You're tweeting from the postgame party. Was it four in the morning? It was. It was four o'clock in the morning. And then Gronk and his family were dancing without their shirts. And I said, I think it's time for me to go to bed. So that's what I left at that point. What time did you actually go to sleep after the Super Bowl? Five o'clock, you know, because my hotel wasn't right next to the Patriots team hotel. So it was a little bit of a walk. And then by the time I got back, I watched a little bit of TV and then I went to sleep. So I left at four. I went to bed at five. All right. Self-promoting here. Well, how cool was it just writing and working for the LA Times during the Super Bowl? You've done it for Sports Illustrated. You've done it for ESPN. But the Times is the Times for you. It was totally different. It was uh, such a unique experience. And I don't normally do this. I took a picture of like the press box seat. And then when I got the clip or the um, preview of what it was going to look like in the paper, it was just a really cool experience, you know, called home. I mean, we get the paper delivered and I get it delivered. But I said, hey, can you pick up like two more copies for me? So that was just a cool thing to cover it for the times. Again, I was hoping for a column about them succeeding and where the victory party would be and the victory parade and all that. But for that to be like my first week on the job, and I think I think we touched on this last time we talked. I mean, that was a surreal thing for me. Did you watch Maroon 5? I did, although I watched a little bit of pro wrestling. As you know, I'm a big wrestling fan, so they had a, a live show during halftime. So I pulled that, that up on my laptop. Wait, 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 is that what you did, really? I did, and I took a picture of it just because I, I don't mind Maroon 5, but I just didn't think the halftime show was all that great. So I said, let me watch a little bit of pro wrestling here. Arash Farkazi. So what do you do now? now? Now what are you worried about? Well, that's a good question. So after this, I, I kind of want to focus on some of these uh, mother sports, the emerging trends that we're covering, the sports gambling and League of Legends and um, like all this stuff. And so I want to... Hold, hold, hold yeah. on. Speak, yes. speak, speak English. What did you just League say? League of Legends. I want to tell our... Uh, what is that? It's a video game. 
And so we're going to go sometime because I'd love to take you out to Santa Monica where these team plays. Yeah, I'm all for it. I'll do it's it. an amazing thing. And so their world championships, when the, when the League of Legends has a world championship, this is, by the way, this is why I was in China during that whole shoplifting incident. Everyone was like, how'd you end up in China? I was in China for the League of Legends world championships, which was at the bird's nest in Beijing, 50,000 people there to watch the world championships of League of Legends. So we have not covered that in the sports section of the Los Angeles Times, and that's something that I would like to do more of. So that's sort of like my next thing that I would like to tackle is kind of tell our viewers and tell our listeners and our readers about this great sport. Hold on, hold on. Arash, Arash, hold on, hold on. (laughs) You're covering video games? I want to, I want to let our... As a beat? As it like... That's what you're doing? I'm, 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 I'm not making fun of it. I'm not a video game guy, and I respect those guys that are making millions of dollars <laughs> out there in video games because my teenager, he tells me all about it. But you got to remember, it's different. If you're listening to this podcast, you're already one step ahead with technology. Yeah. But at the same time, you're going to be the video game No, no, reporter? no. It's a difference between me and me. I'm the page two columnist. I'll be writing three days a week. I'll be covering a little bit of everything, like I covered okay. the Super Bowl. I would like to, within our pages and with our podcast and with our website, um, introduce fans to this great sport. And I do think it's a sport because it's selling out. When the World Championships were in the U.S., it sold out Madison Square Garden. It sold out Staples Center. Shut up. I swear. And that's why I got to take you with me. I got to take the whole crew with me. I'll do it. It's, it's an amazing experience. I mean, these guys love their players and they love their teams, just like we love the Lakers, just like we love the, the, the Dodgers, just like we love our teams. And so it's a unique thing. It's something new, but I think we're ahead of the curve here in terms of covering it. And so it's something I would like to do more of for sure. Is this where uh, like Rick Fox owns a team? Exactly. Like- exactly. Yeah. And Patrick Sunxiong is involved too. Really? So, I mean, he knows what's up. Wait, the owner of the LA Times <laughs> That's involved? That's right. That's right. Um, I'm not making fun of it. This is very interesting to me. And by the way, if you look outside of the office, our beautiful campus in El Segundo, that warehouse will be a arena that houses these great events. So you'll be seeing me at those um, sports events there too. Oh my goodness. Wait, that's where we park. Yeah, so right next to that, it's not built yet. It was a warehouse, but it will be a facility. Listen, in addition to shows and debates and whatever but it's it will house those events as well uh, uh, so i'm very excited once again for that. I, have, I have no clue about it i don't play video games but i hear <laughs> my kid and his friends talking about it about all these competitions yeah how the kids are watching other people play video games on youtube and those youtube guys are millionaires right it's a crazy phenomenon. Exactly. And it's all these teams are getting involved because they're looking at the figures. Like the Twitch streaming numbers on the World Championships, believe it or not, it's on par with the Super Bowl. Come on. The Twitch streaming numbers. Yeah. The World Championships. Again, so you're getting viewers from around the world. And so, you know, Michael Jordan is a big investor. Magic Johnson is an investor. A lot of these teams, like the Warriors, the Rockets, they're all investors. So that's a story that I'd like to tell. And again, I know know people will read that and maybe not know about it but my goal is for them to be familiar with it and you know again it might not be something that they want to watch on tv but i guarantee you so many of them like you said their kids are watching so here's what your kids are watching here's why they love it here's why they're playing these games you know because when you watch these great players do what they do as crazy as it sounds, to them, it's like watching Ronaldo or Messi or someone because they're able to do things in that game that they can't do. Doesn't the NBA have a team like this, like the E-League? 
Yeah, so the NBA has a 2K league. There's 21 teams in that 2K league. At some point, they would like all the teams to have a team. And again, you know, this is sort of like an extension of that. And I talked to um, Adam Silver about that a while ago. He says we have four leagues. We have the um, NBA, the WNBA, G League, and now the 2K league. Wow. Isn't that amazing? I... And they have a draft and they got like jerseys that they wear. I know there are people driving right now saying, what? (laughs) Well, stay tuned because we'll be talking about it some more, hopefully. I'm interested because I can only imagine the characters. Because if you look, how many times the parents tell you, get off those video games and do anything for you. And next you know, that kid is like 16 years old and he's like a millionaire. No, yeah. And I'm being serious. Like these kids are, are rock stars, right? Here's the thing. There's a player who plays Fortnite, Ninja. Everyone knows Ninja if they don't really know the games, but they've heard of Ninja. This guy makes $250,000 a month playing that game. It's crazy. A month. Yeah, he has more streaming numbers than, I mean, like, listen, he's not up there with the Kardashians, but in, in terms of his reach and the kids that he can talk to just because of his streaming numbers, it's incredible. Uh, Rosh, I just pulled up this kid's Instagram. Yeah. Ninja has 12.7 million followers. There you go. He was at the Super Bowl with you. He went, yeah, exactly. I, I, I definitely did see him there. He has a picture with Peyton Manning. Here's the thing, though. People, I've seen celebrities come up to Ninja to take a picture with him. And maybe they don't know him, but they know that their kids love him. Like the way we love Fernando or Magic Johnson, they love Ninja that same way. It's an incredible thing. And so they might not know about him, but they know if they take a picture with him, their kids will think that they're so cool. Okay, we need to get Ninja on the podcast. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and we'll go from there. The arrive early, leave late with Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> this is very interesting. I'm really excited to see what you have coming up, Arash Markazi, not just the E-World. And by the way, is it baseball season yet? I know. When are we going to spring training? We got to go road trip. We got to go to, we gotta go to Scottsdale and Tempe and Glendale and all those places. And also, are you worried about the Lakers? I mean, don't even get into like who they're trading, not trading, none of that. Just, just in general, the Lakers organization right now, are you a little concerned? I am not. I am not. I think that they will be one of the favorites to win it all in 2019, 2020, because I do think what, it doesn't matter what they do at the trade deadline. I think, I think the team that they're going to put together next season will be a championship contending team. All right, Arash <laughs> Professor Arash Markazi at USC. Follow him on social media, just one word, Arash Markazi. He's so cool, he gets to have his own name, branded like that. Arash, as always, appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, I'll talk to you soon. What an interesting career Arash Markazi has, doesn't he? He goes to the Super Bowl, video games, to carve out his own niche. Good for him. We'll have, definitely have him back on the podcast. And as always, you can find all of the LA Times podcasts on one site, latimes.com slash podcast, latimes.com slash podcast. The Arrive Early, Leave Late podcast is engineered by Mike Heflin, producer Dave Wine, Angel Rodriguez is the sports editor. I'm your host, Beth Durant. Thank you for listening.